a canopy of pines on the eastern lake shore with the beauty outside at the end of the road off the edge of the dock in all four seasons it's table talk i am a settler and I live, work, and play in the traditional territory of the Ojibwe people. As a settler, I am grateful. I thank all the generations of people who have taken care of this land and these waters for thousands of years. The Ojibwe people continue to be stewards of Turtle Island. Turtle Island might sound like a small, undeveloped, exotic island far away in the Caribbean Sea. Turtle Island is what some Indigenous people call the continent of North America, while others, such as the Ojibwe, use it to refer to the whole world. The name Turtle Island comes from First Nations folklore. Many storytellers share a creation story. It is widely believed that the turtle is part of a story about everything that came to be. Did you know that many folktales all over the world feature a turtle? In African folklore, the turtle is the smartest animal. In Chinese mythology, the turtle is a very powerful symbol. And in Tahiti, the turtle is lord of the oceans. Places near and far away make me long for a road trip. And it brings to mind the book made famous by Dr. Seuss. Oh, the places you'll go. The greatest road trips cast long shadows and are not soon forgotten. Cottage country is filled with a treasure trove of small, out-of-the-way spaces. Here you will find pathways to the past. Pictographs and petroglyphs in this land, here close to home, are artwork set in stone by Ojibwe spiritual leaders centuries ago, some possibly a millennia ago. Nobody knows for sure, nor can anyone say with an absolute certainty what exactly they mean. I have never seen one. I imagine the trek, the journey, to see a pictograph or a petroglyph to be a pilgrimage of sorts, not to be taken too lightly. The idea of a pictograph honors my own connection to this country I call home. And as a settler, I lift up the truth that complex and connected communities existed long before Europeans landed on these shores. Nestled in the landscapes that inspired the group of seven, there is an even more monumental work of art, spanning centuries and inviting the deepest questions. Rock art is generally divided into two categories, carving sites, or petroglyphs, and painting sites, or pictographs. Pictographs are paintings that were made by applying red okra, or, less commonly, black, white, or yellow dye. Rock art has been discovered throughout all of Canada, and in fact, pictographs and petroglyphs may constitute Canada's oldest and most widespread artistic tradition. 
several broad regions of rock art, or style areas, have been distinguished, including the Maritimes, the Canadian Shield, the Prairies, British Columbia, and the Arctic. This is taken from an excerpt from the Canadian Encyclopedia, and I quote, The Canadian Shield, which extends from Riviere St. Maurice in Quebec to northern Saskatchewan, counts more than 500 pictograph sites, while petroglyph sites are confined to the south. The Peterborough Petroglyph Sites in southern Ontario is the most outstanding in all of Canada, with its several hundred images of human, animals, birds, snakes, and turtles, all on a single rock outcrop of crystalline limestone. Here, there are not pictorial boundaries, such as frames or ground lines, and it seems that there is no deliberate grouping of images. Aesthetic order is in accord with nature, and images are often integrated with the numerous hollows, crevices, and seams of the rock itself. I am completely intrigued by pictographs and petroglyphs, so let's stay here for just a little while longer. Back to the words from the Canadian Encyclopedia. It has been shown that in painting sites, the arrangement of symbols corresponds to the ordering of the spiritual world in different levels. The thunderbirds above, humans and other animals in the middle, and the underworld beings, the horned snake or Mishupishu, the big lynx, at the inferior level. Moreover, the use of crevices, cracks, or mineral seams, mostly quartz, shows an organization of space and a composition that stage the different mythological elements. For instance, the battle between Thunderbird and the Horned Snake is often depicted as the bird killing the reptile with lightning, which is materialized in the composition by a seam of quartz. Other iconographic themes also appear regularly. A figure with horns or rabbit ears accompanied by a wolf probably represents Nanabuju and his brother, Wolf, and a snake, or Mishupishu, under a canoe shows the danger of those fantastic beings which tip canoes and drown their passengers. Pictograph sites in the Canadian Shields are less extensive in scale and contain fewer image clusters compared to carving sites. Although sites at Bon Echo Provincial Park in southern Ontario and at Lake Superior Provincial Park near Wawa, Ontario, are well known, the majority of pictograph discoveries have been made in Quetical Park and at Lake of the Woods, right here in northwestern Ontario. If you call northwestern Ontario home, then know that some of the world's oldest art forms are here in your own backyard. And if you are from away, a road trip may be in order. There is much to see and to do here in the wilds and woodlands. Hundreds of pictograph sites and a few petroglyph sites have been discovered in this part of the Canadian Shield, where they may have been in production from a very early period. At the site of Mud Portage in the Lake of the Woods area, for example, 
Petroglyphs have been discovered beneath the layers of an archaic period archaeological deposit, which have been dated by their discoveries to before 5,000 years ago, making them the oldest in Canada. Compared to radiocarbon dating at the Nezulu site along Lac Cassette, Quebec, which indicates that the paintings were made more recently, about 2,000 years ago. The geographic distribution of rock art sites and the iconographic themes that are represented seem to indicate that carvings and paintings on the rock of the Canadian Shield were produced by the Algonquin population, the ancestors of the Ojibwe, Cree, and Inu. It has been a long time since I sat and read from an encyclopedia. I remember I had an encyclopedia set, books from A to Z, bound in a rich, dark, reddish-brown leather, Funk and Wagnalls, new encyclopedia. I used them a lot for essays and research papers. The set had a special place in a bookshelf in the dining room in the farmhouse where I grew up. Encyclopedias seem like distant cousins to the tech programs and devices we so commonly use today, with everything from search engine sites like Google and DuckDuckGo to Blackberries and iPads. Memories from a time before. Blurred. Fuzzy, even. Almost forgettable. Unlike a car ride from home to Vermilion Bay a couple of blue moons ago. I was going for pastries and for coffee. From point A to point B, everything plays second fiddle to the storied Canadian Shield. It really is the penultimate backdrop for RVers, campers, stand-up paddlers, and hikers. In the same spirit of rhyme and verse, always remember the words made famous by Dr. Seuss. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. There is an above and beyond otherworldly feel to the Laurentian Plateau, the rocks, the lakes, and the woods. A true northern spirit is here, just within reach. And that is why I settled into the car and was ready for a short road trip when... Beans and cheese? That was close. I almost hit a turtle. I pulled over, got out of the car, looked both ways and rushed to the center of the highway. I picked up the small paint and helped it on its way. It was heading east. I watched it move. Then I heard a small splash and I saw the bulrushes move just a little as the paint made its way through the marshland. Road signs would be welcome. So too would man-made crossings, corridors from one place to the next, with an emphasis on safety first for every wild animal. Other than humans, turtles have few predators, and this in turn gives them an innocent energy. With the very few knocking on its shell, the turtle symbolizes longevity in many cultures. This is the same in cottage country. The turtle represents endurance, persistence, and the continuation of life. Two turtles are common to Lake of the Woods, 
the painted turtle, and the snapping turtle. Their shared habitat is where the commonalities end. One's bite is definitely bigger than its bark. That would be the snapper. The shell color ranges from dark brown to tan and can even be black. As a snapping turtle grows, the shell often becomes covered with mud and algae. The tail has sharp ridges running along its length and is nearly as long as the shell. Their necks, legs and tails have a yellowish color and the head is dark. The smaller in size painted turtle has an olive to black upper shell with red or dark orange markings on the marginal scutes, as well as red and yellow stripes on the head and neck. Most common to our area is the Midland Painted Turtle. Distinctive to the Midland Painted Turtle is a yellow or dark tan lower shell with a darker irregular butterfly marking along the midline. This sets it apart from its cousins, the Eastern and Western Painted Turtles. As the ice comes out and they wake from winter slumber, turtles move slowly but surely. For anyone that has been at a lake and watched the hard water open up, I imagine that the ice coming out in any part of the Northern Hemisphere is deeply seated and symphonic, a rush of sounds that come together much like an orchestral movement. It is the sounds that linger and stay with you long after the actual event. Shards of ice that change and rearrange, crystals in sight and sound. Ice out brings movement from deep below. This year, the ice out day was in early April, so turtles are certainly on the move. You may find them ambling along quiet stretches of dirt roads and sandy beaches or resting in sunny coves basking from the warmth of the sun's rays as they sit atop fallen logs on rocky shorelines. The shell of the turtle, ever constant, never changing. Much like the makeup of the Canadian shield that so quintessentially defines this region. Rocky top. And there you have it. The shell of the turtle. It's home, sweet home. So the next time you happen along a turtle, I hope you remember, go slow. Turtle slow. The telling of stories brings us all closer together. From personal recollections, like the turtle heading east story, or campfire musings of must-see pictographs and petroglyphs, stories lift us up. So many stories are yet to be read. So many stories yet to be heard. With oral histories and her stories being shared by storytellers everywhere. Now I recognize and support the need for larger truth-telling and reconciliation efforts. In this acknowledgement, I open up space with reverence and respect. How do we create a sacred trust with humans? and the wildlife with whom we share the lands and waters. My work history and personal experiences have led me to forks in the road. I have stumbled upon off-the-beaten paths. It is common to look for scenic drives in rural places. What is not so common is spaces for outlooks. Conversations about inclusion, diversity, equity and dignity. 
Sacred trusts for me have been born out of friendships. These same personal alliances create a safe space for growing. Conversations are not always comfortable, but they matter. I am grateful for thoughtful exchanges at kitchen tables, coffee houses, and neighborhood eateries. At times, the conversations have been eye-opening, jaw-dropping, and crushing. Systemic racism is real. Racial profiling is real. Animal cruelty is real. Inequities and barriers must be confronted. The most vivid of stories and the saddest memories have led me on a path and a solemn promise to always listen. A sacred trust invites the participation of more than one. How can we learn from each other? How can we learn from both human and animal? How can we move forward? I hope the idea of a sacred trust inspires you to think and to act. Let's foster new friendships. Let's keep old friends. Let's share the morning, noon, and nighttime with all species. Let your discoveries bring to light the interconnectedness of all animals and all people. For the wild and the world, under canopy of pines, on the eastern lake shore, with the beauty outside, at the end of the road, off the of the dock in all four seasons it's table talk before I sign off I want to recognize the team who makes this podcast possible my hat's off to Bill Stunden our trusted and talented tech producer For the music that cues the beginning and end of the podcast, a shout out to Red Moon Road, the ubiquitous fun folk band of Daniel, Sheena, and Daniel. Yes, there really are two Daniels. Wanda Cable and Marianne Mooring, thank you both for always giving me the courage to create and for cheering me on from the sidelines. Last but not least, the township of Sunero's Nestor Falls, for greenlighting this project and for making it entirely possible. Let Table Talk with D. Lysak be an offering at your kitchen table, early in the morning or late in the evening, bridging divides and welcoming new perspectives. If you happen to be enjoying the podcast in the company of friends and family while sipping on a neat Irish whiskey, all the better. And on that note, I want to thank you for listening and for sharing your time with me.